This morning, I'm excited to share with you from a little bit of just kind of a thing we're going to do over the next couple of weeks, maybe three, uh, something that's been the Lord's been working in my heart. And this is a question that comes up oftentimes. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things my wife and I used to do when we first got married is we just found it for fun. We would go to a local uh, place where they sold books, and they had this section full of these yellow books. And all these yellow books were uh, dummies books. You might have seen those titles. It was like something for dummies. It would be cats for dummies, computers for dummies, windows for dummies, all these different categories. And it was fun because we would often just think they have the most ridiculous names and titles and categories of things for dummies. And basically they are these how-to books. These books that just help you work through, and I'm not going to lie, I bought a couple over the years that tried to help uh, me figure out a few things, and they did. And, you know, a lot of times that's the way we approach the Christian life and Christian living is we would like there to be this kind of easy way to explain and how to and 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 kind of give us some direction. And really there has been millions of dollars poured into the year over the industries of Christian books that have been wrote to try to help people in their Christian living. And a lot of times we go through the Christian life and we may feel as though we are lacking or missing something to help us live for the Lord completely or fully. We might come up feeling short, like, God, what am I missing? Why do I keep doing this thing or that thing? Why do I keep messing up here or there? And it's just this struggle that we seem to go through. And this morning, I want to talk to you about that kind of missing link in all of our lives that sometimes happens when we feel that way. To help us truly and fully live the Christian life, we need what I'm going to talk to you about this Sunday and next is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that missing link. He's not a thing or a possession. He is God. And He is God Almighty working at, at, on the earth in our lives. And sometimes in Christian living, we often forget about the Holy Spirit. And we try to do it all on our own. Over the years of talking to people in ministry, many times people might come and say, Charlie, I, I just don't know why I can't do this or why I'm struggling with this. And it always comes back to looking to self to try to find the answer that is needed to overcome. It's always pointed back to trying to do it in our own efforts and our own strength. But I want to tell you today, the Christian life, to live like Christ, cannot be done apart from Christ or apart from God. We need the Holy Spirit. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit, to help us to live as Christians on the earth, to glorify Him in all of the earth. And so this morning, I want to talk to you of this first part, the missing link in righteous living. In righteous living. God has called us all to live righteous lives, lives that are honoring to God, lives that glorify Him and reflect Him, and that is just what righteous living is, is it's living in such a way that glorifies God, living in such a way that honors God. Whatever it may be that we do, whether it's at work, whether we're with friends, whether we go to this place or that place, all of our actions and words and deeds, all of them are living in such a way that glorify God. It's righteous living. But often the trouble is, is we try to do this on our own. We try to live righteously on our own. But I want to tell you today, the Bible teaches us, and it's important to recognize that the Bible teaches us no, there is not one righteous, not even 
one. Nobody here is righteous today. No, none of us. But it's through the help of the Holy Spirit that is helping us live righteously, to live in a way that is honoring God, to help us live the life that God wants us to be. And we can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. That's why I've called this the missing link. Because sometimes in righteous living, and oftentimes in righteous living, is we try to do it in all of our own efforts apart from the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you today, it's impossible to live righteously for the Lord apart from the Holy Spirit. No, you, if you're going to live godly, then you need God inside of you to help you do that. You need the one who is God working through your life and moving through you as we talk about this this morning. So today, it's, as we talk about the Spirit, we're going to look at a few scriptures here today to kind of help us understand this missing link in our lives. And you know, it's hard to really centralize teachings about the Spirit in the Bible. All throughout Scripture, we see teachings about the Spirit. And truly, an understanding of the Spirit needs to be grasped all the way from the beginning to the end. And if you take your Bible and you read it sometime, you can go and you can read even in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible says that the Spirit, before the earth was even created, the Spirit hovered over the waters. And we see that the Spirit was at work even in creation. And the presence of the Holy Spirit's work in creation is still an application that can apply to us today as we're going to see. However, with all of these different teachings about this, this morning we're going to look at the books of Luke and the book of Acts. And just to give you a little Bible background, which is always important, the book of Luke and the book of Acts were wrote by the same author, Luke. And Luke wrote these in such a way that it was meant to be like a part one and a part two. We see this continuation. Luke is the ministry of Jesus. And then we see in the book of Acts that the Acts is the ministry of Jesus through the disciples, through the church. And we see this interesting thing. And it's an, as you study Luke, and as, as I have a particular interest for Luke and Acts, that there's almost this parallel between what's happening. You can almost go chapter by chapter and compare Luke chapter 1 to Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 to Acts chapter 2. For example, you might see in Luke chapter 2 the birth of Jesus and then you might read in Acts chapter 2 what many consider to be the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit coming upon them and filling the church. And there's this kind of idea that what was happening in the life of Jesus was happening in the life of the church as well. And so this morning, we're going to start with an important place as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and that's with Jesus. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21. It says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus had also been baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And then we're going to skip to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. It's important that as we read this here today, the Bible also tells us in verse 23, which we didn't read, that Jesus was 30 years old at the start of his ministry. And Jesus' ministry was initiated when, the Holy, when he was baptized and when the Holy Spirit came upon him and descended upon him. And we later see in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, he was 100% God and 100% man. And in order to fulfill his earthly ministry, the Bible demonstrates that he had to be full of the Holy Spirit. That was his 100% man side. And as he was about to go into the wilderness, and you can read that some other time, he was going to face temptation after temptation, but it was the help of the Holy Spirit working through him and helping him that helped him to overcome all of those temptations. And it's an interesting, as you read this morning, an important reminder to us all. In John chapter 15, as Jesus is teaching the disciples, he tells them that if you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. If you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. And in righteous living, we oftentimes get worried and dismayed when we might not be accepted or welcomed because of a certain practice that we do in scripture or the way that we're trying to live that maybe it doesn't agree with the lifestyle of others around us but the Jesus or Jesus teaches us clearly that if we were in the world then the world would accept us but since we don't belong to the world since heaven is our our, our goal and where we're traveling to we're just passing through here we are not loved we are not welcome righteous living is not welcomed among the world but it's the help of the Holy Spirit that is driving us towards that. And as we're going to see here this morning, it was the beginning of the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus that initiated his ministry and propelled him into all that God wanted him to fulfill. And it's important this morning as we talk about this, that if the Son of God, the one who is God, was full of the Holy Spirit, then you and I, we also have to be full of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to fulfill the one who was perfect, is perfect, who needed the Holy Spirit, then you and I also needed the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is enough for, was enough for Jesus to conquer all of temptation in the wilderness, and the Spirit is enough for you and I even today. And I want to encourage you today that maybe you've been maybe misled over the years or somehow kind of put the Holy Spirit out of your life, but he is the missing link. When the Holy Spirit is working through us, you and I are going to live in a way that honors God with all of our heart. It's not something that we really even have to think about. We are compelled towards God by the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk a few things about the Holy Spirit's work in our lives in helping us the missing link in righteous living. God desires for everybody in this room today to live righteously, but we can't do it apart from the Holy Spirit. Firstly, we see here today the Bible teaches us that the Spirit is doing a new creation work in us. The Spirit is helping us be made into new creations. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 said that, says it this way. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says it this way. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now remember the temple on the earth. When God went through all the efforts to build the temple on the earth, it was beautiful and majestic, covered in gold and precious stones and all the efforts that God put into the temple. But now the Bible teaches us that he calls us the temple of the Lord. 
That now we are the temple of God. And it ought to show us today as we're talking about the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit that God puts value on our lives as the place where His Spirit ought to dwell. And He tells us because of that, we are not our own. We belong to the Lord. And our lives, because of that, should glorify God. Listen, if we are a temple of God, if we are the dwelling place where God's Holy Spirit comes, shouldn't the desire of the Spirit working through us, shouldn't the appetite of our soul be for the things of God? Shouldn't it be longing for the things that are precious to God, the heart of God, the mind of God? And this morning as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to not try to grasp this in an intellectual way. A lot of people have an understanding of how the Holy Spirit fills. We almost like, but think of yourself like a cup, a cup that is empty and a pitcher that is poured in with water pouring into that cup. A lot of us understand how that works, but it's what God wants us to experience is to actually be the cup where he could pour his spirit in to help us live in a righteous way because we are his temple. And if we are his temple, we are the place where his spirit is meant to dwell. That was the problem with Israel all along, was they were doing things and crazy things, and God's spirit couldn't rest in its dwelling place, the temple of God. But now God calls you and I his temple. So as the Holy Spirit's working in us, he's changing our appetite. He's changing our desire. We are being made new creations. We are not the same as we were yesterday. We've been saved. We've been forgiven. We've been washed by the blood of Christ. But now the Holy Spirit is renewing us day by day and changing our desires so that we no longer desire the things we used to desire. Now the Spirit is compelling us towards God, which is our next point here today is that the Spirit leads us to holiness who is God. Sometimes holiness has been taught as though it's some type of badge to be grasped. But I want to tell you today that there is no holiness apart from God. God is holy. Holiness is not something that we obtain in our lives. Holiness is God himself. And as you and I are in this process of growing in our lives and the Spirit is working towards us, we are being made holy as God is holy because we are drawing closer to him, being made in the image of his son. It's the spirit's desire to lead us closer to the father. And if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the spirit is always going to push us closer to God. You don't have to worry about, are you going to read the Bible? When the Holy Spirit's inside of you and working, somehow you are compelled because your soul is longing for it. You don't have to worry about praying and having times. Somehow the Spirit is working in us and compelling us towards holiness, who is God. If we are going to be like God, then we must be made in the image through the Holy Spirit, making us new creations in Him. So if the Spirit's desire is to lead us closer to the Father, then the Spirit will do whatever necessary to move us in that direction. Whatever necessary. If there's stumbling blocks in the way, the Spirit will remove that. He will convict, He will correct and change our appetite. And it's just like Hebrews 12 says, that He corrects those whom He loves. Isn't that wonderful that God loves us so much that He's willing to even correct us? 
You might find yourself that you're maybe you're talking in a conversation and you said something that maybe you shouldn't have said. And somehow you find yourself afterwards almost lamenting over the fact of what you said. And it's like the Holy Spirit just reminding you, that's not like my, that's not like Jesus. And it causes us to say, Lord, I'm sorry. It's what is called the Holy Spirit renewing us, convicting and correcting and changing our appetite. Our appetite is no longer for the things that it used to be. Our appetite is for the things of God. And that's how God is leading us and guiding us. Listen, a spirit-filled person is someone whose appetite is for the things of God. When the Holy Spirit's at work in your life, you are going to long for the things of God. We are going to have this insatiable desire to draw closer to the Lord. But you know, it's, it's lovely that the Spirit understands our weaknesses and will help us rid sinful patterns in our lives to grow into the likeness of Christ. Oftentimes people have uh, maybe questioned and read books and tried to figure out, Lord, how do I shake this uh, habitual sin? How do I get rid of this temptation in my life? How do I shake this thing that is causing me to stumble over and over and over again? And I just want to encourage you today that it is the Holy Spirit who leads us to holiness who is God. And if you truly want to conquer sin in your life, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. Every day we need the Holy Spirit helping lead us to God, helping us conquer our weaknesses and draw us closer to the Father, which leads us to the next point. The Spirit leads us to holiness and who is God, and the Spirit leads us to repentance. You know, when the Holy Spirit's at work in your life, you're not afraid to repent. Because the thought of anything coming between ourselves and God is a devastating thought. Anything getting in the way of my relationship with the Lord is a thought that just shakes me and causes me to repent right away. It's the type of thought that says, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want that in my life anymore. I want you. And it causes us to live in such a way that is in righteousness in a way that glorifies God. Whether we're eating or drinking, Corinthians says, all that we do, it is meant to glorify God. Listen, if we are not willing to humble ourselves and be ready to easily repent, it says a lot about what is happening in our souls. But when you and I live with daily repentance, easily ready to repent, then that is how God desires us to live. Many times over the years, we've seen this happen, uh, one headline after another, where people who are serving the Lord in ministry, pastoring, whatever it may be, singing, or all these things, the gifting that they might have, but somehow they fell in ministry. They did something that was wrong, and they took this drastic fall. And you know the thing that happens to me all the time? is it's easy to look at those people and judge them and say, well, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done this. But can I just encourage you today? that it's only the Holy Spirit that's helping us live in repentance. And instead of looking down on them, we ought to look at them and say, oh God, don't let that be me. Help me live in such a way that I can live in repentance. Help me live in such a way that's going to honor you no matter what. It's this type of life that says uh, what Paul warns Timothy about. I don't want the appearance of godliness. I want the power working inside. 
And as you read Paul's warning to Timothy, it shows us how our life changes when you are filled with the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is present. It's not, I'm not talking about what looks spiritual or what appears godly, as Paul warned. They had a form of godliness but denied its power. Listen, just because it looks spiritual doesn't mean it is spiritual. Just because it appears godly doesn't mean it is godly. A lot of things look really great on the outside, but we've all probably met a con artist in our lives and been deceived more than once. Just because things look good doesn't mean it always is. Appearances are deceiving. But listen, spirit-filled people, they don't care about having a form of godliness. They're more concerned about the power to love others and love God with all of their heart. Spirit-filled people, they're the type of people who don't push themselves or, or promote themselves or push to the top. Put that in your pocket as always a warning whenever you listen to somebody preach, including myself. Anytime someone tries to promote themselves or push themselves to the top, remember this. The Spirit-filled people, they are always going to glorify Jesus. They're always going to cause people to look to Jesus and not to themselves. And this has been the shame over the years is that many people have often pointed the attention to themselves in the name of the Spirit. But Spirit-filled people do not push themselves to the top. As a matter of fact, they fight for the spot in the shadows. They try to stay out of the limelight. They love humility more than pride. And, and more than anything, they live subversely. They try to live in a way that goes about it without anybody even noticing. If I could just live in such a way that only God could see and no one else could see. If spirit-filled people realize that it doesn't matter how spiritual they might appear or seem to, seem to everyone else, it's only the Spirit of God that changes hearts and transforms lives. There's nothing I can sell you. There's nothing I can promise you. There's nothing I can give you. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Only God's Spirit filling our lives can transform, can do things in our lives that bring us closer to the Father. And be careful of those who frequently self-promote in the name of spirituality. As a matter of fact, it's an oxymoron because you can't self-promote and be spiritual at the same time. It's just not possible. If you're going to be spiritual, then you're going to live in such a way that pushes people to Jesus all the time. And Spirit-filled people will do anything and everything to always give the attention and credit to Jesus. Paul said it this way, that the greatest work of the Spirit is love. And there have been a many people over the years who have had a form of godliness, but whose actions and words demonstrated a lack thereof. John said it this way, by this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And that's why Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit and gave us the Holy Spirit is so that he would remind us of all the things that Jesus has said to cause us to look to him in all of our despair and things we go through and trials that he showed us that we would have. All of those, he promised us the Holy Spirit so that we would look to Jesus. And isn't it wonderful to know that when the Spirit comes, you and I are going to leave impressed by looking at Jesus? I don't have to worry about how things appear or look. I just want more of Jesus. I just want to be closer to the one who heals and delivers and transforms. I don't want a form of godliness, denying its power. I want the true fullness of the Holy Spirit. The true fullness of the Holy Spirit. Remember that parallel I was telling you about in the beginning? How in 
Luke chapter 4, the Bible says that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was driven into the wilderness. It's interesting because Luke uses the same language in Acts chapter 4 when he's talking about Peter. He says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. He began to teach them all the things about the Word of God and instruct them right before they were about to be persecuted and beat for the gospel's sake. But yet because the Holy Spirit was working through them, they were able to endure it. They had the power of the Holy Spirit and the boldness no matter what in righteous living. Listen, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to live in such a way that is in a way that is righteous and God-honoring. We cannot do it apart from the, the Lord. Nobody in this room. No, I don't care what any book says. If, if the Holy Spirit doesn't help you, you can't do it. It doesn't matter how hard you try. You're eventually going to mess up. It doesn't matter. But if you'll trust God and you'll ask him for his Holy Spirit, oh, you can have all the strength you need to overcome temptation and sin. And finally, I want to leave you with this as the musicians come. The Spirit... He is doing a new creation work in us. He's leading us to holiness who is God. And he is leading us to repentance. And the Spirit is also willing to lead us to God. Lead us to God. What do I mean by that? Listen, if we are going to live righteously for the Lord, then that means that the paths of our lives will also go about in such a way that are righteous. Meaning that the way that we go about life the direction of our lives will go in such a way that honors God. How we pray about decisions and how we move about in our life will go in such a way that is righteously and pleasing to the Lord. A lot of times, Spirit-filled people confuse the guidance of the Spirit for their own fleshly desires. And Jesus taught it this way, that the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And this is always our prayer here and even a service like today. We're always praying, God, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. If we're going to live empowered by the Spirit, we have to make a conscious choice to discern the Spirit's motives from our own and follow that of the Spirit. This has been the downfall of many ministries over the years because the Spirit was willing to do one thing and work here in this way, but the flesh was weak and it gave in to what the people wanted and not what the Spirit wanted. And God help us to never let that happen here. But we're always praying and saying, Lord, we know the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We don't want to follow what our flesh wants. We want to follow what do you want. And sometimes following what the Spirit wants is different than what we might think. Sometimes following where the Spirit wants is going to lead us in a path that we might not have thought of in the first place. But it is always in a way, remember, that will glorify God. Spirit-filled people have made the mistake over the years of being consumed with a program, agenda, or outcome that in the process they forgot about the pursuit of God. The goal is not a program. The goal is not a number. The goal is not some agenda. The goal is God. We are in the race towards God. When you and I stand before the Lord, we're not, He's not going to say congratulations for all the things you've done. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. He calls us to Himself as His own. When you and I stand before the Lord, you ran the race with endurance, and it's going to be before Jesus that we stand, not before our program, our outcome, our agenda. Well, the Spirit is willing, and we must always follow how the Spirit is leading. The bottom line is this, is that the Spirit-filled person 
will always love God more than anything and will obey his every word. A spirit-filled person isn't concerned about what they want. They always say, no, Lord, I just love you. I want what you want. Help me to get rid of myself. I just want what you want. This morning, I want to just share with you, just as we close here today, a personal example of this. And please excuse the personal reference. I, I do this today because I just want to share a personal experience of how the Spirit works sometimes. I remember some years ago when, when God was dealing with Amaris and I about moving to California. Uh, it wasn't an easy decision by any means. And as a matter of fact, we didn't even know that God was dealing with both of us at the same time. But I always knew this, and I remembered in God's word, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And righteous living will lead us in righteous paths for our lives. And as we were both have frequent times in prayer, we would both leave those times of prayer, and we didn't even know it at the time. Well, we just felt like God was nudging us, impressing us, speaking to us about moving to California. Of course, that's where Amadisa's family was at, and she always wanted to be closer to them there, but that wasn't the reason. There was something deeper going on. We were content where we were at. It was fine. But there was something more going on. And this began to happen more and more. As we began to pray, the Spirit just began to say, it's time to move. It's time to go. It's time to move out of here. And I just remember one day, as I was serving in my local church at the time, the Lord just so gently, softly, as He always does, has been faithful to do, He just whispered to me, Charlie, don't get comfortable here. Don't get comfortable here. And you know, the thing is, it's, it's always hard to try to express to other people. If you've been there, you know, it's always hard to try to express to other people when you feel like God is compelling you. It's hard to explain the supernatural. It's hard to write it down on paper as I best as I did at the time. It's hard sometimes. But all I knew was that both of us had an undeniable expression and move of the Spirit. And you know, at the time, it didn't make sense. Why, Lord? All the questions that we might have asked, how are we going to do this? How is this going to work out? What are we going to do here? What are we, uh, how about finances? All the things that were questions, of course, they came through our mind. How, how, how? But it didn't matter because the Holy Spirit was compelling us and moving us. And I just remember one day as I called our pastor and I asked him, I said, hey, we want to meet with you. We want to talk to you. And as we went into his office to meet with him that day, he, he said to, before we even talked, he said to me, you're about to move, aren't you? I said, yeah, how do you know? He said, as I was praying, the Lord told me that it was time for you to leave. And you know, in all of our confusion and worry about that, I thought, Lord, isn't this such a great reminder to us that you always work in such beautiful and detailed ways that you can even confirm it through other people? All of that to say that years looking back on that experience and wondering, did we make the right decision at the time? Was it the right move? Of course it was. Of course it was. God always provided. God always made a way. The amazing thing is when God compelled us to go, that people somehow, we didn't even ask, people just began to provide. I didn't have, uh, we didn't have the finances at the time. And somehow people just began to provide. And I'm telling you, to the dollar amount, exactly what we needed. Always providing, always making a way. And this showed us that if you will trust God, if, even if it doesn't make sense, but if we will trust the Spirit, He will never lead us wrong. 
He will never lead us in a path that is going to take us away from God. The Holy Spirit, when we are full of the Holy Spirit, it was like Jesus going into the wilderness. It was driven. We are driven to the Father. And when the Holy Spirit is working in your life and guiding your paths and my paths, the result is not going to be further away from God. It's not going to be chaos or, or just pain in our lives. It's going to be experiencing God in brand new ways, encountering His faithfulness and goodness over and over again. Listen, you and I would not have a hold of this Bible today if it was not for the Holy Spirit filling the early believers, carrying them through His faithfulness and goodness year after year. All of that to say this morning is that if we are going to fulfill the plan for our lives and the ministry of this church, it is going to happen when you and I are full of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus, the Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit, oh, how much more we need the Holy Spirit today. Will you stand with me this morning? As the choir comes, would you just close your eyes right where you're at this morning and as we pray? God's will for your life is to live in righteousness live in a way that honors him and I can just tell you and as, as my story I don't say it to anything about ourselves I say it as a way to just say the spirit has never led us wrong I'm just a key witness today to the faithfulness of God that if you'll ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and guide you he will do it every every time you don't have to worry about what the appearance is. There is lots of things that are happening in our world. It's the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. The only thing you have to ask for is the power of the Holy Spirit working through you today. And could it be that the missing link in your life, the struggle that you're having today, is the lack of the Holy Spirit? God did not intend us as believers to live apart from the Holy Spirit. He promised us. And he even said that if we who are earthly fathers, that's my story now, if we who are earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more our heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If your father gave you a good gift and if you're a father and you knew how to give good gifts, how much more God wants to just lavish us with his Holy Spirit if you'll just ask him? Ask him this morning. Ask him. As the choir sings, you want prayer today, I'd love to pray with you. Just come stand here at the front. Maybe you want to kneel where you're at today. But may the Holy Spirit just come fill us today. Maybe the Holy Spirit's going to lead you in repentance. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Let it be, Lord. God, we come to you this morning. And Father, we seek you today. And Father, we know we need the Holy Spirit. Help us to be full of the Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, we can't do this apart from you. We can't live our lives apart from you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need you today, God. We know, Father, that you can make all things happen that we need exactly at the right time in our lives. And so, Father, we're trusting. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Trust, help us today, Lord, to be renewed day by day. Lord, we repent as the Holy Spirit corrects us and helps us. We repent, Lord. We say, Father, we're sorry. We're sorry, Lord. We can't do this without you. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us today. And Lord, we thank you this morning. 
as the choir sings you need prayer please come forward today love to pray for you or just lift your hands and worship as they sing just yearn for the Lord today that appetite longing for God